The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. This daf is being studied in honor of Musa and Shela Gindi, Hashem Mishmirem Vihayem, dedicated by Yossi, Hashem Mishmirem Vihayehu, to school the Mitzvot. Today's daf is being studied in the Nishmat of Ram ben Esther. Today's daf is being studied for Ashurma, Yosef ben Sarah, and Sarah Bat Rachel, Edna Lefan Lem, Betuch Shar Chulay Amor Israel. Amen. Begin today's daf on Ayn Tet Amud Bet, starting at the second to the last Mishnah on the about in the middle of the uh, daf a little lower than the middle of the daf Matnitin Naflu la avadim usvachot zekenim Yemachru v'yilkechu mehen karka v'uochel perot So we're going back to the case over here where we're talking about a lady that inherits something uh, while she's married these items have a status called nechsemid log, where normally the uh, lady enjoys the principal and the husband is able to benefit from what we call perot. So now we're discussing the rights to sell different types of nechsemid log in order to sometimes give the advantage to the wife or for that matter give the advantage to the husband. For example, if let's say she inherited avadim ushvachot zekenim, and they're old. So therefore the husband mm-hmm. might say, listen, I'm not going to benefit from the peroto because they're old, and therefore they can't work so much, or there's a chance they're going to die, and therefore uh, it's not beneficial for them to use the perot of these uh, servants. And the wife herself also is concerned about the principle that she's going to lose. So in this case it's advantageous according to both of them, yimachru, sell the avadim ushvachot, karka, and the boy karka, Perot is able to eat the perot from the karka, which is a, um, a, a obvious case. Rabban Shem'om Gamliel Omer, Rabban Shem'om says, no, lo timkor, mepnesh she'en shevach bet abiha. There are certain things that are considered, let's say, a praise for her, or she's proud of certain assets that she gets. Avadim and Shefa'ot Rashbag puts in that category. She's proud of certain items, and therefore the husband cannot force her to sell these items. She can come along and say, no, listen, my father gave me these avadim shvachot, and uh, I want to uh, keep them. Yeah, that's considered like an item that's called shvach bet aviha. And therefore she can uh, stop the husband from selling. Next case to the Mishnah. Naflu la zetim vegefanim zekenim. Okay, felt her uh, olives, uh, trees, and let's say vines. That are old. Yimachru v'ilkehu me ba'en karka v'ochet perot. For the same reason, they're old and therefore they're gonna dry up. Not gonna be too much perot. So it's beneficial to both of them to sell, whether it's for the principal, which the lady enjoys, or whether it's the perot the husband enjoys. The Mishnah says could sell them. I mean, each one has a right to uh, obligate the other one to sell because it's advantageous to them. The biudah omer lotim kor. 
Why? Also, by Gifanim and, uh, and Zetim, it's also considered like an heirloom item, it's a special item, and therefore uh, she can uh, block his rights to sell the items. That's the case, case of the Mishnah. Okay, now we go to the Gemara. Gemara says, Amar Avkana, Amar Rav, Mahloket Shinaflu Shela. This whole Mahloket that we had between Tanakama and Rabbi Yuda, whether she can block the sale of these grapes and all these these uh, etim, that's talking about where it was in her field. However, but if the fruits, let's say, are in somebody else's field, so she doesn't own the field, she just owns the perot of that field, everybody agrees that you sell, because you're ruining the principle. Which means like this, once, let's say, the the father inherited to the daughter a field with uh, perot on them. So there we have a mahlok, because there it's shayak to come along and say, according to the Tanakhama, the husband has a right to sell. Uh, and, and, and according to the second shita of the biuda, that she doesn't have a right to sell. What's the, what's the, what's the mahlok based on? Because in this case over here, when she has a field per se, you could argue that the husband will eat the perot, and the lady still has the principle. So the principle is still there. Masha'en ken, in the case where, let's say, the fruit is on somebody else's field. So then already, if uh, the husband is going to eat the perot, so there's not going to be nothing left for her. So we always had a rule that the only time we let the husband eat perot is so long as it doesn't eat, chisel away from the principle. So if it's on her own field, so therefore there's a logic you could say, listen, let the husband uh, eat the perot, and uh, she gets the uh, field, the field is intact. Look at that she. She says, Right? The land came with the trees. The chiyab was even if you want to say the zetim dried up, habi the karka lekeren. Was the karka still there? So the principle is still there. However, but in the field that's not ours. Kegon zetim shekana belo karka. That's why he bought zetim without the land. the karka remains to the seller, So the lady only has rights to eat perot on the field. That everybody's going to say in that case over there, you got to sell. Why? Why? Because the logic of here is, it's not considered a shvach to her, an item that's going to get ruined. You're not going to do anything with these uh, trees, they're just going to dry up, and they're going to be gone. Now she ain't in the case where she has a field, she can come along and say, listen, you have, uh, uh, this is considered shvach, Right? And he'll eat the uh, fruits, and then she'll remain there with the field. Mashaykin over here, when the fruits themselves are the only item she has, so therefore she can't come along and say that uh, there's shvach bet Shvach bet There's nothing uh, going to happen. If, if, you don't, if you don't sell the uh, karka, uh, sell the fruits, it's going to turn into, uh, it's, it's going to get spoiled. So that's the way the Gemara wants to learn the machlom. Let's read that inside again. Amar Ravkana. Ravkana comes along and says, Machloket. Which is, she inherited the trees together with the field. And therefore, even if the trees die, the principle is still by her. 
However, she only inherited the fruit, but she doesn't inherit the field. Everybody's going to say, the point is there, we don't say, there you don't say, she can come along and say, oh, these items are uh, special to me. Why? Because, uh, these items over here, the trees are going to get spoiled, and therefore nothing's going to be uh, left. And therefore, the, the point is, there's no put it this way, there's no pride factor in that case. Only a pride factor when she has a field, right? But when she's not, when the principal stays. But there's no pride factor when there's no uh, when there's no field. Okay, that's the way we can understand it. So Kavzi Gavran says, "What are you talking about, Matkiflat of Yosef? Avadi What was the last case in the Mishnah?" And we said according to Yehuda, there's a pride factor. That's like a field that's not us, which means there's not, if they die, there's, no, there's nothing left. Why? Which means there's a pride factor even by Abadim. There's nothing left by Abadim. If the Abad dies, there's nothing. No, there's, 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 there's no... We're not discuss the children of these. We're talking about the work of these Abadim. So you're saying what? There's a pride factor. She could say, I'm not selling. What do you mean not selling over here? If these people, there's, no, there's nothing left. And still you're saying what? There's a pride factor. So why don't you say the same thing by the field? That even if she just has gifanim, there's a pride factor. Even though if they die, there's nothing left. So you see the Mishnah's arguing, yeah, there's a steed out here. So come, then that logic doesn't work. So comes Gebran says, look at Rashi, mighty, when they die, kalyakanadagamre. Right, the principal's gone. In total, uprigi, the chosman, the kayamim, as long as they're alive, have ya lau betabiel, the shemu teferet. The logic of the Mishnah is, these are my abadim that my father inherited to me, and as long as they're alive, there's a certain pride factor. So why don't you say the same thing by these gifanim, that uh, even though they don't come afield, she can come along and block the sale and say, listen, these are, uh, you know, pride and joy of, uh, of our family. So comes again around and says, you're right. Therefore, change the... Change the statement that we said originally. That's what a mahlukah is. And a sadeh, which means where she doesn't have a field. Still, there's a nyan of a pride factor. And therefore, ma'abadim as well. You can say there's a nyan of a pride factor, even though if these things uh, uh, die, there's nothing left. She can block the husband. And say, what? Well, we're not selling them. I'm proud of these uh, items. Even if they're gifanim alone. Oh, but if it comes with a field, everybody's going to say, don't sell. Everybody's going to say, don't sell. Why? Because then for sure it's Because when there's a field attached to it, then for sure there's no question where there's a pride factor. The Hadush is that there's a pride factor according to some she thought even when they're alone. And therefore, just like if she gets the gifanim alone, she can come along and say, listen, these items are special to me. I'm not telling she can block according to one Shittara Magam Liel. So too, she can block also according to the second Shittara Mishnah when it comes to Abadim alone also. However, when it comes with a field, that already, according to everybody, the deen is she can block the sale because she can say that she's the shame to fade that these items are uh, special. The Hadush is that even when they come alone, she has the Inyan to block it because of the pride factor. It comes the next Mishnah. Okay, this is a common uh, case that obviously happens. The guy has nechseh milog. Let's take a simple case, a field. A yeah, lady brings him to a field now, beautiful. So he gets a pirot. But also, he has to pay for maintenance. Who's maintaining the field? Who's, who's, who's plowing? Who's paying for the gardening? Who's paying for the fertilizing and all that? It's the husband's responsibility. 
So now we have to see when the husband pays for all this uh, um, maintenance, we'll call it, and now let's say they get divorced. Can he claim, hey, listen, I want my uh, money that I put in the field. I put a lot of maintenance in the field. Can he claim that money? Or do we say, hey, listen, you ate. And if you can claim that he ate, because he ate perot, well, how much? Which means do we start evaluating how much he ate uh, corresponding to how much he you know, put in the field? How, how does that exactly work? So the Mishnah says, The guy spent money on the milog. Let's say he spent a lot of money on the maintenance. But he only ate a little. He didn't eat as much. Well, the opposite. He spent a little. That's it. Whatever he spent, he spent. Whatever he ate, we don't calculate. Which is once you ate, it's finished. You benefited perot. The assumption is it's like a condition, that it's an unwritten condition that you're willing to maintain the field, and you're going to get perot. Now, once you dipped into the perot, I don't care how much you ate from the perot. Already, that was a condition. You're going to work to enhance it in order to get perot. So therefore, you cannot claim it long say, listen, I only ate uh, $10 worth of perot during my uh, marriage, and I put uh, $2,000 into the field. I want to be compensated. No, no. Even if you ate a little and you put in a lot, you lose the initial uh, the investment that you made. However, the Mishnah concludes... Uh, if you didn't eat anything, you just spent for the maintenance, then we make him swear how much he spent, and then it says he can take that. Okay? And obviously we're talking about a case where she got, they got divorced. Okay, when they get divorced now, she's taking back her field. Here comes and says, hey, I put uh, $10,000 into this uh, field over here. Uh, how much did you eat? I ate nothing. Swear that he put the $10,000 into the field, and he can take that back. Now the Gebra says, She just said, if he eats a little, already that's considered enough where he loses his uh, maintenance uh, money. How much is a little? So, Which is, even if it's just one single dried fig, that's already considered enough. Or somebody ate it in a normal, respectable manner, meaning it's out of the table, they ate it, as opposed to walking in the field, eating it on the run, that's not considered the eating. I mean, he ate it in, in a dignified manner. Amar Rabbi Abba, Amri Be'rav, Afilu Shigrad Tamre. Not only a dried fig, but even a cake of pressed dates. Now, even though it sounds like a cake of pressed dates is more, but it's less valuable. A cake of pressed dates is not as valuable as a dried fig, and therefore the Gemara is saying even that that's considered uh, uh, kimah in order to, um, uh, to, to 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 lose the uh, the payment. Right? Comes the Gemara is ba'ira bibai chubsad tamre mai chubsad tamre is worse than cake fig, pressed figs. That's ready where they sucked out all the juice, they squeezed all the juice out of the figs to make let's say beer or something. So now they're mamash dried, empty figs, and you turned that into a cake. So that's already worse than regular pressed figs. What about that? Meaning he ate that. That was the item he ate from the field. Does he, does he lose uh, you know, his uh, maintenance? Gabriel says, my tiku. So the Gabriel leaves that in a, uh, leaves it uh, unresolved. Okay, so comes the Gabriel and says, lo achla derich kavod mai. Which means we said, uh, let's say he, he didn't eat it in a respectable manner. Which is, he ate it on the run or something like that. Well, how much? How much is the limit? Which means, like, the guy, how, how much could the guy eat? Not in derech kavod. 
uh, where you tell him he doesn't, uh, where, he, where he can still recoup his uh, his, uh, his maintenance. So the Gemara says, Amar Ula Pedigi Batre Amor Ebe Ma'araba Had Amar Bechi Isar, which means up to an Isar's worth, uh, that's, uh, you know, a value, monetary value. The Had Amar Bech Dinar. And one says, you know, the worth of a uh, dinar, which is if he ate up until that manner, in an undignified manner, he can still claim his amendment. Anything more than that, even in an undignified manner, already oh, right, he ate a significant shi'ud, right? I don't care if it's undignified. Therefore, you lose your maintenance. So even that has a, a shi'ud. Okay. Kavzi Kibarad says, right, Let's just read the top rashi. So she just goes into a technical... Uh, point over here. The basic uh, point of the top rashi is that you have to say that pressed dates are worse than a dried fig. Because the Gebra's language is not only a dried fig, but even if he ate you know, this cake of uh, pressed uh, uh, dates, uh, he loses his maintenance. So there's, the afil, you have to say that dates are worse. So that she's just dealing with that now. Temarim they set up press together. They make the cakes out of them. Someone says, like, it's like a cluster. Yeah. But he says, it can't be. Which means, if it's just a cluster of uh, dates, so then, of course, the figs is much inferior than the dates. I can say, Afidu. Which means, unless you put this first, if you want a cluster of dates, put cluster of dates first, and then say even a dry fig. Then, then it makes sense. But the way we have it, it won't go. There's some sefarim that are all you know, mistakenly. What's considered uh, a lot? We had we had our text was kama. What's considered a little? Sometimes says it's a It doesn't make any sense. The point is, even a little, you lose your uh, maintenance. So why would he? Why would you say kama harbe? The harbe is not enough kaminam. We may not have kaminam. Kol kabadav yoter grogot achat avi harbe ad olam. Which means as long as it's more than a one date, it's harbe. But there's no, there's not enough kaminam. Well, even the, the, you, you need to know what the minimum is, not the what the uh, what the harbe. So is that going to sound out? Just keep the uh, going to sound. I just wanted to see that that she just so you know what he, what he was dealing with over there. Okay. So he just questioned me. He's telling you it's inferior. He's telling you you have to say that the pressed uh, dates in the cakes is less. And if you want to go the other way, you have to put it first. Yeah. Right? And then say, I feel you dried the uh, fix. Okay. Amre va, further in the Gemara. Amre dayane de pompedita. Right? The dayanim of pompedita. Judge of pompedita. Avad rav Yehuda uvda. Rav Yehuda did a case. Behabile zimorot. With even the twigs, uh, the bundles of twigs that were fed to the animals. She was like this. We have a case, guy got married, he was uh, benefited from the Nechsem Milog, but he didn't benefit the Nechsem Milog by eating it himself. He fed the twigs of the Nechsem Milog to the animals. He came to the rabbi, the rabbi told him that's considered a benefit, and therefore you lose your maintenance. And already it's a new level. Not only mamash eating, but even feeding the stuff to the animals, that's considered a benefit enough where you lose the maintenance money. 
Rabbi Yehuda le Tameh. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yehuda is consistent to his reasoning. The Amar of Yehuda, Achla Orla Shivit Vikil Aim Hareze Hazaka, which means like this: Gemara Babatra talks about a person that, let's say, has a field, and um, he's able to make what's called a hazaka on a field to establish that the field is his through what? Through living on the field for three years and eating from the fruit for three years. So. He has witnesses that he ate from the fruit for three years. That's already considered hazaka. Meaning, no, a, a guy cannot come along now and say, hey, that's my field. He told that, where were you for three years? You didn't open your mouth, and I was eating the fruit for three years. But let's say one of those three years is a year of orla. Now, orla, you can't eat from the, the, the fruit. The fruit are forbidden. For three years, act, the first three years of its growth are forbidden. Or let's say it's a year of shemitah. Where also you cannot eat from the fruit. Or let's say it's law of, it's a kilayim. There was a mixed blend Planted in the field, and therefore you can't eat it. Which is the common number between the three cases is one of the years of hazakah, he can't eat. So he says, You know what you do in that year? If you fed the zimorot to the animals, that's considered significant to make a hazakah. So therefore you see what feeding to the animals is considered a significant uh, item to get a hazakah. So similarly, we're going to say when he takes it and gives it to the animals to establish uh, during the Xerlog. It's considered significant in order to say you lose your uh, payment, you lose your maintenance. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Abada biuda uvda. De hashba achila bahamile zemoro chehen maacha lepilin. He took these bundles of twigs, he fed them to the elephants. Vechil mehen abaa lebehemto. He fed it to his animals, whatever it was. Vegiresh tishto. He divorced his wife. The guy, Vamara biuda, marsha achal achal. It's considered like you ate and you lose your maintenance. Which means, let's say, with the, the years of Orla during the Hazakah period, he can only benefit from the field or show his usage in the field by using the twigs. Why? In Orla. Or, you have no ayah that he's eating in Shemitah, uh, because everybody can eat during the Shemitah, because it's Zefkir. So if one of these years came out in these times, you can make a hazakah still by giving the zavroti. So we consider it's considered a significant hana'ah, uh, and therefore, by nixemilog also works to his, uh, this benefit, where if he fed the uh, zavrot, the animal already he loses his uh, maintenance money. Amar of Yaakov, Amar of Hazda. Hamotzi hotsaot, Okay, let's say the case is he married a Ketana. Uh, how did he marry Ketana? The Ketana was a Yetoma. Uh, her mother uh, married her off, or her brother married her off, which is a Kedushin to the Banan. Now, the danger in this marriage over here is that the guy is a little scared to put some maintenance in the field because he knows she can come of age and she can say, Mi'un. And then all of a sudden, all his money that he uh, put in, it's not he's in control. Mishnah, when the guy's married to a regular girl, he's in control giving the gift. So he puts, he's not scared to invest a lot of money into the maintenance. Mashaykin over here, he's a little uh, shy to put some money in it because she knows he can, he, he can, he can, she can just say, I said, I'm out. Now all of a sudden, he, he forfeits all that, uh, all that money. So the Gibbara says, I'm what's you, which is a katana. And she just says, Yetoma. She's a Yetoma, like we learned. She can make me un. So it says, It's like she's spending on uh, somebody else. What does that mean? 
Rashi Shemotzi on the Ksayachet Ve'im Mi'ana Bo. Let's say she made Mi'un Shamin Lo Shevach She'ishbiyach Ve'notel Kemeshpat Arisa Medina, which means we give him a benefit. Which is, if she makes a Mi'un, we evaluate how much the field was enhanced as a result of his maintenance, and we give it to him. Which means the, he, get, he gets benefit over here. Which means we give it like a regular guy working as a sharecropper for somebody else. If a sharecropper goes to work for somebody else, mm-hmm. so he has a certain percentage, because he does work for somebody else, and therefore they give him uh, the percentage of the enhancement. Mm-hmm. Similarly here, when a guy marries a ketana, we give him the normal standard of sharecropping uh, enhancement uh, benefits uh, uh, in the, at the divorce. If she comes along and makes a mi'un, why? Why are you giving him an advantage? A husband, regular husband doesn't get that advantage. So Gebra says simply, my tama. Gebra says why? Because he won't do anything. If you tell the guy that you, you know there's a chance that she can make me un and you can lose the whole thing, he'll just uh, let the field go to waste. And therefore, if, uh, she loses out because now the cannon's going to be spoiled as well. So you got to give him an incentive to work. So the incentive to work is listen. Even if you get divorced, I mean, if she makes me un, you will get sharecroppers' uh, uh, pay. Uh, for the enhancement of the field, therefore, you know, he's willing to, to do that over Look at that sheep. Kiyechi dolulet sedinu, that sheep. Shelo yechsif. Yechsif is like he'll, uh, right, he'll just cover it, he'll, he'll deny, v'yikalkele karkaot. Right, abandon. V'yokal, v'lo yashpia. What's he going to do? He's just going to eat fruits, and he's not going to enhance the field at all. Shelo ekshematimain. He's worried that she's going to make a mi'un. The chivad is shemin like ka'ariz, but what's already treating him like a sharecropper? Tulo mafsid leu. He's not going to be mafsid. Why? Memar amar. He says sheme lo temein because he's telling us maybe she's not going to be mema'in. In temein, and it told shemachilifi amari. And if she even if she does make a mi'un, I'm getting my uh, I'm recouping my uh, my my toil back. So if what's uh, he's happy with that? Comes the gemara continues. Hahi etita. Okay, story. There was a lady. Felt her, for the 400 zoos in Behozae. It was far off uh, place. So now the husband needed to get the money. He had to go there and get the money and bring it back. Azal Gabra, so the husband went. It cost him 600 zoos in traveling expenses to get there in order to bring the 400 zoos back. Okay, to get the uh, 400 with him. The ka'ate. Okay, to, to, to bring it. So comes the Gibran says, what happened? He ran out of money. He was short one zoos. Oh, bahadeh the ka'ate. Read it like that. Azil gavra apik shit me'ah, ayte arba me'ah. Kama. Bahadeh the ka'ate, while he was coming uh, to bring the money, it's tarikh le hadzuza. He needed one more zoos. For the expenses, So what did he do? He dipped into the four hundred, and he took one zoos for his expenses. Now, what's the rule we just said? Once already you spend, once once you spend the uh, item, you lose the maintenance. So now he spent six hundred on maintenance, but he only dipped in one zoos for seemingly for expenses. So he went to the rabbi. They told him, that's it, you lost out. You spent the zoos, and now you lose, the, uh, you lose your maintenance money, just like in a regular field. Now, initially, they thought, he's not going to charge him if he's spending for, for maintenance. If he's spending for maintenance, that's considered spending. They thought that he took the zoos, invested it, did something, and with, with that money that he made from that, 
he spent on the expenses. So bottom line, he used it as pirin. It wasn't a direct spending. So the rabbi said, listen, you use the pirot, uh, and now ready, you benefit it. So look at Rashi, just to catch up here. Hosea'eh. I was far away from where they were. Okay, to, 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 to transport. So it comes to get what says. I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to go to the bar. The only time we said that he loses his maintenance is when he's eating it as a perot. However, but this was a principle. The hotsa'ahi. And he spent it on the travel expenses, which means he didn't eat it with two perot. He ate principal, which means he didn't take the money, invest it, and uh, do something. He took the zoos from the principal. And what's the deal when you take the principal? Pay back principal. Just let him pay back a zoos. And uh, he gets the 600. Uh, he, can, he can recoup his, uh, his money back. Therefore, the, initially the rabbi misunderstood. He thought that he took the zoos and he invested it, so to speak, and it was perot that he was spending. Yeah, you spend perot, it doesn't matter how much you spend. You lose your, 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 uh, your maintenance. Masha'ek, he told him, no, no, rabbi, he took the zoos mamash from the, from the 400 principal, and he, it's like he borrowed it for, 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 uh, for, for travel expenses. Okay, pay the principal back. Right, pay the zoos, and then that's it. And uh, you don't lose the... Uh, 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 Okay. So what does he tell him back? Okay, so we're back to the deed of the Mishnah. What's the deed of the Mishnah? Hotzi, he spent money. He never uh, 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 benefited from it. So Let him just swear how much he spent. And uh, like the kiss case will be spent 600. Let him swear and he could, uh, he could uh, take it back. Okay, gets his uh, compensation. Okay, but that, that, that's the only way you can do it. Okay, now we go further in the Gemara. Comes the Gemara and continues, gives a rule now. So what do we say in the Mishnah? If let's say he spends uh, money, maintenance, but he didn't benefit, he didn't eat any perot. Let him swear how much he spent, uh, invested, and uh, he, gets, he gets paid back. Once he eats uh, one pity already, he loses it. But if he didn't eat it, because what's the logic? His condition was, I'm going to enhance, I'm going to not eat perot. But if he didn't eat perot, suddenly already, that wasn't my intent, to, to, just to, to enhance the fields without a benefit. Then we can claim his enhancement back. The question is, how much? What's the ratio between how much he spent and the enhancement of the field? How much can he take back? The going to analyze it now. I'm out of is only talking about where there is enhancement connected corresponding to his uh, investment. There was enhancement corresponding to his investment. Vague statement. The Gebaraz is going to analyze one of two options of what the Aseh could have meant. What does he mean? Look at Rashid. She gives us the two sides. Look at Rashid. The Buddha said, Mahil Khetah. The Mahil Khetah Kamar. Vehushaya Shevach Keneged Yitzi'ah. Shiva literally means that there was an, uh, 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 an enhancement corresponding to the money he invested. Maybe it's coming as a kula to say like this. Let's say the field went up a lot, significantly, which means the field went up more than the investment. He invested $100 in maintenance, fertilizers and all that stuff over there. And the field went up uh, $500. Okay? So he invested much less than the 
enhancement, lo ba'e shivu'ah. So in that case over there, he doesn't need a shivu'ah, which means the, the, he could just take his 100 back, because he always asks us for 100. And the field is 500. In that case, you don't even got to swear, because uh, he's living out with a field of uh, much more value, and he's only asking for a little. In that case over there, you don't got to even uh, swear, implying that the only time that we'd make her uh, swear is uh, when the uh, ex- the same or less exactly but if the shiva is more then uh, he's good all ahmure ale or maybe it's coming as a humra how ul memar the iyitsi ayitira that if let's say his investment is more than the enhancement he spent 500 dollars the field only got enhanced 100 lo shakil ila kishur shiva he only gets Whatever he, uh, whatever he, whatever he enhanced, he spent five hundred. The field only enhanced one hundred. You get a hundred. That's all you get. Va'afilu b'shvuah. Even with a shvuah, lo amin yishvuah kamotzi v'yitol. Which is in that case, we're not going to tell him. You know, swear and you get what you want. No, 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 no. Which means it's coming to be mahmir on the guy that you're not limiting him exactly. You're not going to get more than the shvuah, right? You can't come along and say, hey, listen, I spent a thousand dollars. They tell us, you spent a thousand dollars, but the field only got better a hundred. So the guy said, oh, but, but I'll swear that I spent a thousand dollars. It doesn't matter if you swear. You're getting maximum a hundred. That would be a humrah. Yes, so we want to know what's the, uh, what's the deen that uh, Rabbi Aseh was saying over here. His, his thing was, what's, what's, what's the ratio? So the first thing is coming along to say, what? So long as his investment is less than the uh, enhancement, right? So then already, you don't even got to swear even. It means automatically, you spent 100, the thing went up 500. Oh. Of course, give, 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 don't, 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 don't promise, you, 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 you did a favor for us. You enhanced the ladies' field so much, don't even swear to us, give, give them the $100 off the bat. Mashiach, according the second cheetah, the second cheetah is saying that what? He spent 1,000, but the field only got better. 100, maximum you're getting is 100. Even if you swear... That you spent a thousand, don't, 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 don't even swear. We're going to give you a hundred, we're not going to give you more than the enhancement of the field. So it comes to Gemara and says, What's the, what's the deen? Comes to Gemara and says, Amar Abayyeh. Shimaya Shevach Yotir al Hotza'ah. Nafkamina is going to be, if the Shevach is more than the Hotza'ah, if the enhancement is more than the investment, Noter the Hotza'ah below Shevach. Like we learned that, that will be enough Nafkamina. Can you just give him the money without a shivuah? She says, when do we say you have to make a shivuah on that side of the equation? You only have to make a shivuah if the appreciation is less. Mashiach, if the appreciation is more, you don't even have to swear. That would be the nafkamina. Right, that which right. The ma'at with the mishnah says, yishavavi yitol. That's what I'm talking about where the enhancement is less. Then already you have to make a shivuah. Mashiach, and if the enhancement is more... Yeah, so don't even swear. You're asking for less than the enhancement. You're t- take it uh, without a shivwa. That would be enough coming out between this uh, way of learning. Amale Rabah. We don't like this. Inken atele arume. If you're going to say that's true, people are going to come along and trick. We're not going to trick over here. Which means the guy knows so long as he says a number that's less than, than the enhancement, he gets it without a shivwa. Now, let's say the guy, let's say the field uh, enhanced, let's say, uh, $500, okay? He only spent 100 He'll come along and say, yeah, I spent 499 <laughs> Why not? They're not going to make him swear. He knows, so long as he's under the enhancement level, 
he could uh, he could make up numbers. And therefore, and you're not making him swear. He says, this, if you're going to say this is true, you're leaving room for uh, for trickery, right? Because you could just find out the enhancement number and put his investment number a dollar less, and uh, he's going to give it to him without questioning. That, that cannot be true. That's the Humrah what he's telling him. Right. He's saying it's the other way. The Humrah, like we know the other side. Meaning, Which means, let's say he spent $1,000 in maintenance. But the field only went up $100. So therefore, he gets the hundred dollars with the shivua, which means the only time we say you don't gotta swear is let's say if it's even or it's uh, uh, or it's more. However, if you're telling me that or it's less, less. But if you tell me that the field uh, uh, went up, appreciated less than his investment, so therefore we just make make a shivua and we'll give you up to the enhancement level. That's ready, Chumana. Shi'ur Shevach. We give him the Hotza'ah based on the Shi'ur of the Shevach. Ubishwa'ah. <laughs> and he's got a, he's got a swear. That side is what Rabbah wants to say is the, is the deen. Gemara continues. Ibaya lehu. Gemara poses a question. Ba'al shehurid arisin tahtav. Which means, uh, let's say the husband provided for his wife sharecroppers. What are sharecroppers? They go down to the field, they do work, and based on the work that they do, they get a certain uh, percentage. Okay? Now, the husband uh, hired these uh, sharecroppers over here. And the husband ate pirot, and now they got divorced. Now, what's the law? The husband loses all his maintenance. The question is, do the sharecroppers now also lose their investment? Which means that the sharecroppers were really hired by the husband. So if you're going to say that they... Fill the husband's shoes over here. So now the wife can tell the sharecroppers, see you later, thank you for your enhancement, but uh, just like I don't get to give my husband uh, his maintenance money back, I'm not giving you your maintenance uh, money back also. What is the rule? I understand if the husband's doing it himself, for sure he loses his maintenance. Once he eats one fig, goodbye, he loses his uh, maintenance. But the question is, did the sharecroppers that the husband hired to work the field, did they also lose their money? Or could they come along and say, hey, listen, we enhanced the field, we want a certain percentage over here. Or could the wife tell her, get out of here, just like the husband. Ibailu, Baal Shurid Arisin Tahtav. That she says, Benichse Ishto, Vitol Mersa or Shalish, right? They have to get a percentage of the field. The Ahmad Vigirsha Mishakal Kimah. The husband ate a couple of perot, and already she uh, got divorced. Mahu. Adata de Baal Nahit. Do they come down understanding that they're like the husband? And therefore, what? Istalik de Baal, just like the Baal gets. Thrown out, he doesn't get anything, so to istaliku dehu. Therefore, they don't get anything either. That's she. Do they get enhancement money? Why? Hey, listen, who hired these sharecroppers? The husband hired them. Once the husband is out, istaliku inu. They're coming down to work the field. And the field is there. For the, for the sharecroppers to get their uh, money. That she says, Which means, listen, 
if the husband didn't hire these guys, the wife would have hired these guys. You need somebody to, to work the field. Mm-hmm. So therefore, she w- they went down, uh, I'm connected to the field. I'm not the husband, I'm not hired by the husband per se, even though they were, but they could come along maybe and say, if the husband didn't bring us down, you were going to hire us down anyway. Now, if you would have hired us, you got to give us the shevach of our uh, investment. So that's the question. Do they go after the husband and get nothing? Or do you say the wife would have to hire them anyway, and then when they're going al dat the field, they're going to pay us our shevach. So, matkif la bar of hanan. Give us away. What's your question? Why is it any different than the following case? My shena, mehayyored le tok sadeh havero, Guy goes to his friend's field, plants, plants a tree, doesn't get permission, plants, enhances, all that stuff. Shamin law, they, 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 they evaluate. So now they say, they assess how much the field got uh, enhanced by it. But he, he doesn't have all advantages, because he, he didn't go with the shoot. means his hand is on the low, which means he doesn't have full advantages when he's gonna get, how he's going to get paid and things like that, but he does get. He does, get, he does get paid. So this is the same thing over here. These Adisim go into a field over here, mm-hmm. and they're working for her. Therefore, they, should, they, should, they should get the enhancement. So without worse than a guy goes to the field without permission at all, and the guy is better. Because here, they have permission. So you tell me, the guy doesn't have permission when he goes plants in his friend's field, and they give him an enhancement uh, payment. This Adis, the wife said, come and do it. She, she, they should get something. Come on, she, no. It's not, 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 not analogous. Hatam is the tarah. There, when the guy just went and planted something in his friend's field, listen, if the guy didn't do it, nobody was doing it. Which means this field was laying fallow. So listen, you got to pay, Baba, he helped you. Nobody was going to do this over here, unless that guy came and did it. However, here, the lady come along and say, hey, listen, if the sharecroppers didn't do it, the husband would have done it. Because he wants to eat the perot. So therefore, uh, I'm going to lose out because he put uh, sharecroppers. Which if the husband would have done it, he doesn't get, she doesn't get it if the husband anything because he ate perot. Right. So therefore, she could come along and say, hey, listen, now because this guy hired sharecroppers, I should lose out? Which means, listen, if the sharecroppers weren't going to do it, the field wasn't going foul because the husband doesn't want to leave the field. Going he would have done it himself. If he would have done it himself, I don't pay him anything. So I have to pay the sharecroppers. So the says, "My have the Okay, what is the halakha on this? Amaravuna beredav Yoshua Hazina. You know what? We got to analyze like this. E baal avisu. If the husband himself is a sharecropper, he knows he knows how to work, and he goes in the fields and stuff like that. He knows exactly how to enhance the field himself because he himself is a sharecropper. So istalak le baal, istalak lehu. They follow the baal. Why? Because then the lady can come along and say, "Hey, you would have done it because you're a sharecropper yourself." So therefore, you would have done it yourself. I don't have to pay these guys that you sent down. However, listen, if the Ba'al is not an Arisu, then already the claim could be, listen, if, uh, if, if he didn't bring them, you were bringing them. You need to check crappers regardless over here. Because the husband doesn't know how to do this. So the Ar'a is for the Arisim, like the regular law. She's her only claim could be if the husband is a check crapper himself. So she come along and say, hey, listen, why should lose out? He could have done it himself. Therefore, Gushki brought these shekels. Why, why should I now have to give money where I could have gotten away with it? But if you couldn't have gotten away with it, because the husband anyway is not a shekel. So you had to hire people anyway. So therefore, you'd have to pay them even though the husband ate the bill. You've got to give them their percentage. Okay, next, next case. Okay, we have a, another question over here. Ba'al shemachal karka leperot mahu. The husband... 
He cannot sell the Nechsem Elog. Nechsem Elog belongs to the wife. That's the principle of the right. He cannot sell that. But let's say he sold the rights to eat perot to somebody else. You know, he has the rights to perot. So seemingly, you might argue, well, it's my perot, I can do whatever I want. Or I can argue back and say, hey, the rabbis gave you rights to eat perot. But they didn't give you rights now to sell the perot. Now, well, why, why, why would that? Why would those rights be restricted? So the Gemara is going to say, "Ibaylu ba'ashem akal karka leperot ma'u mi amninan mai dekane akne." Do you say, listen? What he acquires, he can sell. Therefore, he can do whatever he wants with the perot. Odel makitiknu leurabanan perot leba'al mishum revach beta. Why? What's one of the underlying reasons why they gave him perot? So the household becomes enhanced. Because what does he do with perot? He brings it to the house. Who benefits from the perot? The whole family. The wife included. And therefore, so long as you keep the perot to enhance the, the household, fine. But we didn't give you perot to go now and uh, sell it to take it out of the house. That's she. Which is ultimately you're giving him perot with the intent that it's going to come back to her and you know having extra food in the house and things like that. But we didn't give him the perot to go and sell it to somebody else. That's really the question of Gemara. But we didn't give it to Lizabune to go sell it. So Gemara says, Yehuda mor bar more mor mishemed rava amar asa asui. He comes along and says, sell it. It's okay. Nothing he can do. So it's a machloket. Machloket. Amar papa. Had Yehuda mor bar more mor. That which we just said in the name of Yehuda. Bar mor more mor. That's a what? He could sell it. Lab b'firush etmar. He didn't say it explicitly. Ela michlala etmar. We have a story, and based on our understanding of the story, we deduced that he holds you can sell it. And the Gemara is going to conclude that the deduction is not a deduction, and therefore you have no ra'ayah with Yehuda bar Marimor holds. Why? What was the story? Lady, she, she was married, and then she inherited all of a sudden two uh, shifachot. And the shifachot were considered nechsem log. So the husband was able to benefit from their work. Good. Azal Gabra, the husband went, nasib iteta achariti. He didn't get divorced, he just married a second wife. And he came along, took one of the maids, gave it to his new wife. The first wife brought the maids in, and he takes one of the maids and says, go... Uh. So we're looking at that as, as if he sold the perot to his wife. He sold the perot to somebody else. So the governor says, I came in front of Ravah, which means the first wife came along and screaming, Hey, the guy took my maid and gave it to the other wife. She screamed, Rabbah paid no attention. Now, man de Hazar, the one that saw this episode, thought, Sabar, Mishum de Sabar, Masha Asa, Asui. They told, listen, he sold, he, he sold them, he took the perot here and he gave it to his wife. You could, hey, the, the, the service is my service. I can do whatever I want with the service. So, therefore, that's where you, we thought you would have more what God is Anaka from based on this story. But the Gabras is wrong analysis. That's not the analysis here. Velohi. Mishum ravach beta. What's the whole logic? Why we give the husband perot? Because we want the household to benefit. 
In this case over here, even though she's working for the other wife, they're still living in the same household. And therefore, it's the Kassanid Avach The first wife still benefits. Bottom line, they're still living in the same house. She's cleaning. So she, who benefits? The wife benefits. So we have no idea, really, I'll tell you, you can't sell. Because of the Avach factor. Ah, so why did the rabbi say it's okay? Because this case over here, there's still Avach even by giving it to the other wife, which is, you're right, Rabbah would not have allowed him to take that maid and let her go work at somebody else's house. That's already, you're losing out the whole purpose of the perot. Masha'ikah, to keep her in the house, to work for the other wife, to the first wife benefits also. No problem. But to sell it to somebody else, selling it is no good. Household, they're in the same house. So she's cleaning, she's cleaning the kitchen. The other one benefits also. What's the difference? So she's working personally for her, but everybody benefits. Oh, Vilketa, what's the bottom line on this uh, dilemma? Baal, Shemachar Karka, Naperot, Lo Asave, Lo Kenum. Nothing doesn't work, which means you cannot sell the Perot. Now the Gebra wants to give the logic. Maitama, what's the reason? Abaye Amar, Haishinan, Sheme Taksif. The concern is he might be negligent. Negligent in what? That's she. The field might just lay fallow. It might become all uh, ruined. Why? The guy who bought the perot, he's not going to enhance the field because he doesn't know how long these people are going to be married. Once already there's a divorce, he loses the, the perot because the whole thing goes back to the wife. So therefore, the guy's not going to enhance. Rashi says the kasvalu ma'ad nafkat minai. Tomorrow they're gonna take it from me. She'ena guf sheli, because the field's not mine. Abal baal mitzapesh shemet tamuti bechayav viirashet guf akar kamushabachla, which means like this. It's like the husband. We're not worried. He's not gonna enhance the field. You know why? Because he's banking that if she dies first, he gets the field. So therefore, he's not going to not enhance. He wants the benefit, he'll, he'll get everything. Mashiach, the guy that bought the perot. Mashiach, this other guy, he got perot. Good. But he doesn't, he doesn't own the field. So therefore, he's worried about what's going to happen. Tomorrow, divorce, she comes along and says, I'll see you, I'll take everything. So therefore, well, that, that, that as well. And therefore, what? We're going to tell you, you know why you can't give the perot to somebody else? Because by giving perot to somebody else... He's not going to enhance the field, and the lady's going to lose out. Her karka now is going to become uh, spoiled. What, what's the other guy going to do? He'll just eat perot. I can be not paying any money. I'm not going to watch. Why should I spend money? And tomorrow they get the horse and take the whole thing away from me. So therefore, it's not advantageous. The husband, however, will always enhance. Because he's not what? In the interim, he's eating perot. And even if she dies or something happens, he'll, he'll, he'll get the whole field. So that's one reason why we don't let the husband sell the perot. Reason number two, which we said already. Second reason, which we learned already. What's Rabah Peta? We want the money to stay in the house. Because the whole reason why they gave the husband Perot, or one of the reasons, I just say, why they give the husband Perot, is to enhance the household. She's also going to benefit from the Perot. There's more food in the house. Now, what's the Nafkamina between these two reasons? The Gibraltar is a few Nafkaminot. My Benayu. Let's go one at a time and figure them out. Ika Benayu Arad Mekarev Lemata. Reason number one. Case number one. The field is close to the house. 
If the field is close to the house, I'm not worried about the first reason that the buyer of the pirot is going to neglect the field. Because the lady can monitor it. The lady can come along and see that this field is growing fallow. She's going to go to the guy and say, hey, take care of the field. Which means if the whole concern is the field's far away. She don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, uh, the field just grows fallow and she loses. But if the field is close to the city where the, the lady who owns the karka could come along and monitor say, hey, what's going on over here? She'll put pressure on the guy to spend money. So therefore, she'll be, in that case over there, sell it. But according to the reason of Shvach Beta, what do I care where the field is? Bottom line, the, the fruits are not coming back to her, uh, to the house. So that would be one Nafkamina if the field is in close proximity. Nafkamina number two. Iname Ba'al Arisu. If the husband himself is an Aris. What does that mean? Nashi. Iname Ba'al Arisu. Kilomar Shinoten de Lokeyah Perot Mizumanim. Which means, he works the field himself. He's a sharecropper. Okay? So in that case over there, if you're looking uh, to, the, to the aspect of Pirot Rabach Beta'a, well, there's no Rabach Beta'a because he's giving the uh, fruit to somebody else. But if he himself, the husband, is doing the work, he's now working on that field and giving the fruit to that guy. I'm not worried about, uh, I'm not worried about the negligence. The husband himself is the Aris. He's going to work the field. I'm only worried about somebody else working the field because he's worried on a divorce, he loses everything. But the husband, the husband, he's going to work. Why is he going to work? Because if she dies, he gets the field himself. So therefore, if the husband is the aris, the gabe, the reason that says I'm worried about negligence, if the husband's the sharecropper himself, I'm not worried about negligence. But according to Shvach Betar reason, I'm worried because by the way, the fruits are not coming back uh, back to the house. Sorry, Ravach Betar. That's going to be a problem according to this. Third nafkamina. Yes, I forget that's a nafkamina. Okay, third nafkamina. Iname zuze vekaavid behu eska. Rashi. Sheabal osis chorab maotchi kibel menalokeach umistaker bahen vikaravach beta. Beautiful. He sold the fruit. So now this guy got the fruit. He gets money. What does the husband do with this money? He invests the money. And what is he doing with that money? It's coming back to the house. So if you're going with Ravach Beta, yeah, if you're going to sell fruit and take the money and invest it and all that, Mr. Kid, therefore you're going to benefit the house. But if you're going according to the reason that says, what? That they're going to be neglect. What do I care what he's doing with the money? I'm worried about the lady's field. The lady's field is going to be laid the foul because the guy's not going to spend. So that's enough to come out the other way. According to this reason, if you go with Ravach Beta, it's okay to sell, because the money's going to come back to the house. But if you're going with the, uh, the neglect factor, there's still a neglect factor over here, because by the way, I don't care what you're doing with the money. The guy who bought the perot, he's not working the field. Therefore, the wife is going to lose that. That'll be enough coming out, by the way. We continue with the Mishnah. Shomeret Yavam. Shomeret Yavam is a lady that is, uh, fell to Yibum. She's waiting. Yibum. Her husband passed away and she's in limbo. She's waiting now with the Yavam to fulfill the Mitzvah of Yibum or Halitza. So it says, Shenafula Nechasim. Now let's say, felt her assets. Okay, she got Nechasim now. Modeh Betchamayu Betelel. Betchamayu Betelel agree. Shemocheret Venotenet Vekayam. Everybody agrees that if she sells, these assets, she can sell them, and the sale is kayam. 
which is we learned in the previous Mishnayot, a machloket bet shemayim arusa, where a girl was engaged. So the question was if she sells her assets or not. So bet said the chetela she can sell. Bet said b'diavad if she sold the sale is considered a sale, but the chetela she shouldn't sell. So now we're learning over here that a shomeret yavam is better than an arus. Arusa. I mean, if she's engaged, you have a mahluk and she can sell or not. Right. But she Yabam, even though she's connected to the Yabam technically, but still they're going to say that she can do whatever she wants with her own properties. The difference between a Shomerit Yabam and Arusa is Arusa usually leads to Nisu'ah. But a Shomerit Yabam not necessarily leads to Yibum. So therefore, the Bishnah is being a little more lenient in allowing the uh, properties to be sold. Meta, now let's say she dies. She's a Shomeret Yabam that dies. Well, there's different assets that we have to discuss over here. We have, of course, the Ketubah, Ketubah payment. Who inherits a Ketubah? You also have what's called Nechseh Son Barzel. Son Barzel is the assets that she brings into the marriage. That the husband takes responsibility to pay her a fixed price, and he owns the assets. And then you have the properties that the Mishnah calls Nichnasim Viyotim Emma. She brings them in and she takes them out. That's called Nichsem Milog. So Nichsem Milog, she brings them into the marriage. The husband only eats the perot, and uh, she takes them out of the marriage when there's a divorce. So the question is, she's a Shomeret Yavam. She dies. Who gets the uh, Who gets these items now? How's the when the Yerusha comes along? Well, you have options. Does she keep them herself, meaning her father? That's one option. Her family, or the Yavam, the husband's family. Now the Mishnah says, "Bechamayomrim yachleku Yerusha Baal im Yerusha Av." So he says you split between the Yerusha Baal, that's the Yavam, the husband's side, and Yerusha Av, that's her side, her father's side. Now what are you splitting exactly according to Bet Shammai? So we have to read Rashi over here. Rashi says, Bet Shammai omrim, Biyibamot perek acholetz kamefaresh, Mai shena resha, Kishi kayemet, Delo peligi she'en lo kawah, Bahem, Umai shena sefa kishemeta, Amru Bet Shammai yachloki yoshea ba'al bahem. Says one thing that he says, The Gibran Yibamot discusses a question, And Rashi reads an answer over here, that the Resha of the Mishnah said that a Shomerit Yabam was alive. She could do whatever she wants with her properties. Much of the properties are all hers. And then when she dies, but all of a sudden uh, Yabam, he splits with it. He gets a piece of the action. Mashman the Resha, that all the assets are totally hers. She could sell them to whatever she wants. And then he's saying when she dies, Yachloku. So the Yabarani Yabamuri said, discussed. A, uh, this uh, contradiction between the Resha and the Sefa and the Faresh Nameh the Edafka Nakat Yachloku Yoshea Abam Yoshea Ab Benechseh Milog also over there explained that all Bet Shammai is discussing over here on the Yachloku is on the Nechseh Milog even though the Mishnah's question was Ma Yasu Bechtubata Ume Nechassim Nechnasim Yosim Emma Ketubaz Lav Davka over here that word ketubah is lavdafka. means what do you do with the nechsemi log? Because Bet Shammai and Bet agree by the Tzum Barzels, they agree by the regular ketubah payment. The only argument between Bet Shammai we're going to see now is when she dies, as a Shemit Yabamu gets the nechsemi log. And what's really the, the, uh, the issue over here? 
well, she is partially connected to the Yavam because uh, she has a zika over here because she's uh, she was connected. But on the other hand, she didn't make Yibum yet, so she's still connected with the, you know, with her family. And the Nechsemilog can go either way because normally, who inherits the Nechsemilog when a lady dies? Her husband. Well, she died, so you can say the Yavam should inherit her. If we should get the nixim dog, I mean, on the other hand, they're not married yet. So therefore, since it's a question, how do you consider a shomerit yabam? It's really a safek. Do you consider her connected to the yabam, and then he should get all of it, or do you say she's still by herself, and therefore she should get it? So the bishamay shita is yahloku, split it, give part part of the nixim dog to the father, her father that is, and part of the nixim dog to the uh, yabam. That's bishamay shita. Ubetelil omrim. Nechasim bechizkatan Viketubah Bechizkat Yorshia Baal Nechasim Anechnasim Veyosim Imah Bechizkat Yorshia Ha'av So Betelet discusses all three types of assets The first assets are Nechasim Nechasim is referring to Tzom Barzil Tzom Barzil Bechizkatan That's a vague terminology You keep the Nechasim Tzom Barzil Status Hazakah Well Who's the Hazaka? And, 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 and really the Gemara is, is Misupak now. I mean, she says it's really a Safik of it. What does it mean? Because I can tell you the Hazaka of the Sumbaz is on the lady. Because the Sumbaz is always husband. The original Hazaka, she, she brings them into the marriage, the Sumbaz. They originally started by her. I could say Hazkatan, she gets them. Her father will get them when she dies. Or I could say, no, Hazkatan, when they got married, the husband accepts responsibility to pay for these sombarzels, right? Fixed price, and he really gets them. So therefore, if that's the case. Maybe give it to the husband side, which means to the yavam. So therefore, it's a question what Betelel meant nechasim be'azkatan when it came to the sombarzel. To which side is it going to go to? Actually, we can read that in Nashi. Betelel omim nechasim sombarzel. Good. So we know what we're talking about. The sombarzels be'azkatan. Regarding the ketubah payment, who inherits our ketubah, the 200 zoos or 100 zoos, whatever the ketubah is. Behezkat yurshia ba'al. Well, that stays by the ba'al. Hazakah, who's holding the ketubah till now? The husband. The husband didn't pay the ketubah. So therefore, uh, he, had, he had, let's say, fields designated for the ketubah, things like that. He's your ish, uh, those, uh, those, which goes to the yabam, that, that side, the ba'al side. ותוספת שראויים לעבור לה משל בעל בעסקת ראשי הבעל כזאת בתרס קבינים על הנכסים מלוג that also יורשי האב that she uh, holds them because really that's the חזקה who is the נכסים מלוג belong to? Okay. her 
he only eats perot, husband. So the actual mechsimah log really are hers. And therefore, they maintain the hazakah. Because again, we're misupak. Bechamai said split it, exactly. Because Bechamai has a safik. How do you consider a shumirit yavam? Is she connected already? Like an arusa may be connected to the, to the husband, to the yavam. And therefore, already he's. Uh, and she died. So the law is the husband, husband Joresha. Husband Joresha. You're right, but husband Joresh Tiksimilug. A regular husband is Joresh Tiksimilug. A regular husband, when she dies, he gets it. So the question is, your regular husband, how, far, how strong is the Zika of the Yavam of it? So therefore, she does. Maybe she, he'll get it. No, maybe she doesn't. Because it's only Yavam. So if we say split it. But says, no, no, no. Hazaka. Hazaka, she was holding it till now, so her side gets it. Her father gets it. Now, next case. Hiniyah Ahiv Ma'ot. Okay, let's say the deceased brother left monies. So the Yavam buys real estate with it, and he gets to eat perot of that real estate. Now, what are we talking about over here, Ashi? You have to remember the rules, how boom works here. The ketubah payment comes from the estate of the first husband. The Yavam is not obligated to pay ketubah from his own assets. It comes actually from the assets of the deceased. The law is like this. All of the deceased's assets now become the shu'bad for the ketubah payment. Which means... He cannot sell them, as we're going to see in the Mishnah. The, everything has a lien on it. He cannot even say, you know what, I'm going to give you um, this item for your ketubah, and I want to sell everything else. And when it comes to Yibum, uh, all the assets are frozen in the sense that he cannot sell them, and he has to a lien on it for the ketubah. But the Yavam does eat perot from those fields, because really the law is that a Yavam inherits all the assets of his brother. When the brother dies, the guy that makes you boom, he ends up with all the money. Mm-hmm. But he cannot get rid of the monies, because really there's a lien on it, for the ketubah. So says, what does he do? So she says, Well, obviously the shita holds, and even metaltilin are mishumat for the ketubah, because the deceased left monies. Monies is metaltilin. So normally the regular law should be, he left monies, the avam inherited, he can do whatever he wants with it, it's his money. Kamashwaran the Mishnah, that, no, these monies over here, there's a shi'mud on the money. Shi'mud what? For the ketubah. All of the deceased assets now are frozen and have liens on it to pay on the ketubah. Now, they're not paying on the ketubah right now, obviously. In the event that the Yavam dies, or the event that the Yavam gets divorced, huh? she gets ketubah. So therefore, they, they freeze those assets. They don't even want to give him the right to, to sell it. They were very mahmid by Yivam. Normally the law is, a regular husband, he can sell his uh, assets, and mm-hmm. if there's no money for Ketubah, she can go now and take it from the Likuchot. That's the regular law. By Yivam, they were, they were more uh, strict because there's no Chayuv on the Yavam to pay Ketubah. She's only relying on the assets of her original husband. So they don't want to make it hard for her that he's going to sell the husband's assets, that she got to go get them. So they made it easy since the husband, her, her husband now, right now, is not obligated. So they wanted to guarantee she's going to get paid. So they said all those assets that the Yavam inherited from the 
husband are frozen. The Hadush is that this opinion is not only the assets of Karka, but even the monetary. Even the money. So what do you do with the money? Buy Karka with it. He gets to eat Pirot, because bottom line is really his. Yeah. Right? If he does Yibum, we're talking about. He does Yibum, of course. Yeah. We're going further. He made Yibum, that's why he inherits everything. If he doesn't make Yibum, he doesn't inherit anything. He makes the uh, Yibum, inherits everything, takes the money, buys Karka, it is Shabut for the Ketubah on that Karka, but he still gets to eat the Pirot in the interim. Now, of course, if she dies, then already he's already, he gets everything. Mishta continues. Pirot at Let's say the uh, Yavam inherits from the deceased brother Pirot Tedushim fruit, fruit that are uh, detached from the ground. So they're in a karka. karka. Again, he inherits it. But what does he do? There's a lien on these items because these items are movables. And this she tells him that there's a lien on even movables for a ketubah. And therefore, let him buy karka with the Pirot. Perot. And uh, those are frozen, which means he cannot sell the karka, but he gets to eat the Pirot now. Hamehumbarim be karka. What about, let's say, he inherits a field, and the field has already fruit on it already. Mehumbarim. So how do we look at uh, how do we look at that? So Amar Bimiir, Bimiir says Shemin Otan Kama En Yafe Biperot VeKama En Yafin Belo Perot. So he says in this case over here you evaluate the field. How much would it be worth without the Perot? How much did it go up? Now that it has the Perot, you have to take that money, the extra enhancement from the Perot, the difference. And what do you do? You buy a piece of real estate. VeMotar Ilkach Bahem Karka VuOchel Perot. And what's the logic? Of the Bimi'ir, so that she says that Shamin Otam the Kasabar Kol Mashegadal Breshutamet Achrayin the Ketubah, which means this she tells the Bimi'ir whatever grew uh, by the Met by the deceased, like these Pirot grew by the deceased, there's a, there's a freeze on it for the Ketubah. So therefore, when the field comes into the to the marriage now, so the he cannot sell the field. He cannot sell the perot that are on the field as well. But that needs to be evaluated now to put it more as a frozen asset. So what they do is they take the field, they evaluate now what it what was worth without the perot. What is it worth with the perot? The, the, the perot now are frozen as well. And if he has to sell, sell it, put put it into another real estate, and he gets to eat the perot of the uh, which is the perot that are attached are considered like the. Karka, you cannot just take those perot. You would say, hey, it's perot. No, those are not perot. Those perot are attached to the field. The perot are attached to the field are considered part of the field. And therefore, you got to put a, put, 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 put a freeze on them. And the Gibbara will say that, uh, that, that, how do you put a freeze on them? Don't sell the karka. Evaluate the difference and put, buy more karka. And then uh, he gets to eat perot from those uh, as well. So that's Rabbi Meir Shita. The rabbis come along and say, perot and mechumbarim be karka. Shelo. Say no. Perot v'chobarim nekarka, the husbands. Which means the avams. The field goes to the frozen department because uh, ketubah is on that. But the perot itself, he can start eating the perot. Rashi says, Okay, the gemara is going to question. What's the logic of the hachamim? The logic of the hachamim is that perot are not mishubad the karka. That's what it sounds like. And if it says perot, then only karka is mishubad. And if it says perot is not mishubad, you don't put a lien on the perot, so just let him uh, go eat perot. Hatilushim in a karka, but look what he says here. The stuff that's talush from the karka, kol akodem zakha bahim. First one there is okay to them. 
since our Chamim hold that money is not Meshubad for the Ketubah, so now let's say the Yavam inherits Perot Telushim. Well, there's no Shabud on these over here. So the rule is, whoever grabs them first, grabs them. What do you mean? Kadamu Zakha. Let's say the Yavam comes along, grabs the, the, uh, the fruit. Okay, there is. Let's say he was Yoresh's uh, brother. It's not, uh, nothing to talk about. However, Kadmahi. Now, Kadmahi, the Mefashim say, you can only, a lady can only be Tofes, these items, Mehayim, when her husband was alive. Which means, let's say uh, the wife was Tofes these Perot, uh, Telushim, and now her husband died. Since she was Tofes them already from her original marriage, so the deen is now, they're considered, she has a hold on them. So, Now let's understand how that works. So, read Rashi. Rashi says, Good, so we have to say that first. Because according to the Bimi'ir, nothing to talk about. According to the Bimi'ir, the first Shita in the Mishnah, those perot, there's a lien on them. So right away he said, sell them, buy perot, buy a field, and he eats uh, perot. Because you got to put a lien on the perot. How can we not say that? How can we say that? Perot, it's money. There's no lien on the money. And therefore, unless she was tofes. Tofes means she, she grabbed them. The tefisa has to happen from the time when the husband was alive. Right, they might like consume a perot tilushim. I mean, the Gemara gave an example of Mishnah gave an example of perot, but the same thing is with monies, which means these monies belong to the husband. Let's say the lady was she grabbed the money for a ketubah. Let's say she she grabbed the mehayim. I want this monies over for my uh, ketubah. So now, if she grabbed them, so mehayim, and the husband was still alive, so now already when the guy died, she felt the boom. Now the law is going to be that she's got the, the husband's got to sell the uh, uh, or buy with that money is operot karka and he gets to eat. But if she wasn't tofes mehayim, nothing. The husband enjoys them. The age can do whatever he wants with them. The Mishnah continues. Kansa. Okay, so now let's say they got married. The Yavam married the Shomerit Yavam. Okay, so that's it. They're full married. It's uh, his wife for all practical uh, purposes. They were also going to explain what does that mean for all practical purposes. Now, Correct, but we know the Ketubah, by the case of a Yavam, the claim is on the husband's assets, the original husband. Which means the second, uh, the Yavam is not obligated to pay Ketubah from his assets. Now, Lo yomarla. The Yavam should not tell his wife, Listen, I put a thousand dollars on the side for your ketubah, and uh, you know, everything else, I'm going to sell. No. All his assets are frozen for the ketubah. He cannot even just designate monies on the side. Similarly, a regular guy that's married, not a case of Yavam. A regular guy that's married. Lo yomar adam a guy shouldn't tell his wife. She's going to apply even in a regular marriage itself. Now we have to see uh, in a Yibu marriage. I understand we gave a logic because she's nervous. She doesn't have any assets from the husband. She's relying on the original husband, so we want to freeze them, not to make it difficult. For them. But in a regular marriage, what's the problem? Regular marriage, the law really is that he can sell properties. 
And, uh, you know, if there's no money, she can go after the Likuchot. So we have to see why did the Mishnah say here that even in a regular marriage, he should not um, uh, put money on the table designated for the Ketubah. Ela, everything should remain uh, frozen as it is. So we'll see why. Girshah. Okay, now let's say by the case of the uh, Yavam, uh, she got uh, divorced. Okay? Ela, Ela, Ketubah. Okay, then already she gets the ketubah. She doesn't get all the assets, obviously. She just gets, and you freeze up uh, one of the assets that are worth the ketubah, and then you give it. That's all she gets. Hechazida, now let's say he marries her back, because she can take her back. You're allowed to marry her back, as long as she didn't get married to somebody else in the interim. She's like uh, all the other ladies, and she only gets one ketubah, which means... Don't think that now she gets two ketubot once he takes her back. Everything goes back to the original status. Which means she, had, she got divorced, so now she's obligated to get a ketubah from who? From the deceased's husband's estate. The original husband's estate. Correct? In the interim, she got remarried to this guy. So once she gets remarried, don't think now she gets two ketubot. She gets one from the original estate and one from the new husband. Everything goes back to square one. And therefore the original ketubah is back in order. And if she, and if, again, the Yavam's properties are not Mishrubad. Uh, the Mishrubad is still on the original husband. See, everything stays the same. Frozen like the beginning. And, and that, that's it. So look at that she. Regular case. Guy divorces his wife. It's with the conditions of whatever the first ketubah was. That's the assumption. The Gemara is explain why did you have to explain this case in a Yibama? You couldn't explain it in a regular case. The guy's married, gets divorced, so it's not two ketubah, it's original ketubah, it's back in order. So what's the Hadusha? You told me in the case of a Yibama. The Yibama was married, and then she gets divorced, and then he takes her back. So the original ketubah is not, there's no two ketubah. So the Gemara will say there's a Hadush by Yibama more than even a case of a regular marriage. Baruch, Amen. Amen.